Hey, Colleen. Hey, good morning, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing really well. The heat has broken here. The weather is perfect again. Yay. The stars are aligning. Yay. Yeah. California has gone back to being perfect. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> Denmark is on its way back to being gray. The world, the universe is in order. No, I totally butchered that, didn't I? No, isn't it? <sighs> rough day. Okay. Are you having a rough day? Just, I had a lot of meetings today. Yeah. I think this is like my sixth meeting today, and that's Ooh. really, really unusual for me. But I guess with my compressed week now, uh, that just, that happens sometimes. But, um, you know, so it is. Uh, you having meetings? Oh, I, this week has felt like sprinting a marathon. It has been like a fire hose of meetings and just all kinds of stuff. But like sales meetings, right? Yeah. So I think I told you last week, I onboarded the first two Refine Rails customers. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you pushed to fraud. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Whether I should have or not, I did it. <laughs> it was so good. So yeah. exhausting, both exciting and a little bit demoralizing. It was like all of the all the feels feelings at the, same time. <laughs> at the same time. I think as I said last week, this is something I had kind of been dragging my feet on because it felt like we weren't ready. And we just I just did it. And I'm so happy I did because I can already tell that the feedback cycle is gonna be so much faster. Because I did two people, people that I, I don't know them, know them, but like I know them from the internet. They want us to win. These again are people who bought the product before it was done. They are both senior Rails developers and it's really, it feels like it's actually accelerating the learning curve so much to have these guys in there. And it's been crazy fun and I'm super excited. Yeah. But it is. It went well, but not okay but it was also demoralizing so it's not that it didn't go well it's um first of all the integration is still kind of painful it's like a 12-step process and that feels like a lot of steps to get someone up and running quickly and I realized not having documentation like we have how to get started documentation but not having documentation I'm trying to explain to these guys the way it works and it's a little confusing because we have our product then we also ship some some javascript wrappers around our product to help you get up and running quickly but you can choose not to use those javascript wrappers but my explanation of that i could just tell with no context was not very clear so it made me realize the importance of prioritizing the documentation mm -hmm. we get in there with I get in there and, you know, it takes a couple. I mean, you're on a pairing call with someone you don't know where they've bought your product and you want it to work for hours. Like it was, <laughs> oh, it was hours? Oh, to... multiple hours um, to get oh. it installed. Yeah. The reason, though, it takes so long is, one, it takes 12 steps. And if everything doesn't go smoothly, like you could have a different version of Stimulus or you could be using ES Build or you could be using Webpack or whatever, and you're going to run into little pain points at each step fortunately um, for both of the customers we were able to get it up and running but what happened on the very first sales call is the guy's great he's wonderful but then he's like you know I don't really want it to look like this I want it to look like this whole other completely different thing and I was like Ugh. I can't I, I, oh, no. yeah kind of like that it was like kind of like oh no and I was like okay like I think what he's talking about is really valid but I'm concerned it'll be a big rewrite in terms of what we have to do but he again a senior rails developer really excited so that was on Monday and I invited him to a to our slack so we've been chatting on slack today is Thursday and I just woke up and he just sent me a screenshot because he's in England so it's his night there and he got what we have to look like what he wants it to look like Oh, like so he did all of that it. work. <laughs> so you didn't even have to do it. Um, so just the learning of, I cannot wait to talk to him. We're going to be meeting later, but to be like, how exactly, like, what did you have to do? And where was, where were the pain points in that process? And how do we make that better for future people who don't have three days to, to hack on it? But I guess what I'm trying to say is it was, I'm really glad I shipped because the people who I shipped to 
are really excited just to mess around with it. And they're motivated because they have their own products. And it's been really cool having like people who are motivated with a fresh set of eyes looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Can I ask you about something else that happened this week? Yes. I should have brought that up at the beginning. That we actually haven't talked about yet. And I think you know what I'm going to ask about. I do. Go ahead. So Aaron just got another job, like another, I guess he was part-time at Tuple and now he's got a new full-time job. What's going on there? Uh, How are you feeling about that? Yes. I kind of wish I had, I meant to lead with that and then I forgot because I was so excited about this, the screenshot I just got. Yes. Look at us bearing the lead. (laughs) We totally buried the lead. (laughs) People have been reaching out to me asking me about that. And the job is a great fit for Aaron. He was part-time at Tuple, but he was essentially still a full-time employee because he was covering that half-time with consulting work. So in what seems to be completely counterintuitive, he's going to have more time to work on Hammerstone now because he doesn't have to spend time hustling consulting. Oh, so he was part-time at Tuple and then consulting, like not for Tuple, but like for other clients. Right. And so, kind of, okay. And okay. he was having to, he was building that MySQL course that was like in his spare time because he wasn't getting paid for it at the time. And again, just like the hustling to get the consulting clients was kind of a big mental overhead for him. And it was taking up more of his time. So as I said, completely counterintuitive, he, counterintuitively, he's actually going to have more time now for Hammerstone being in a more comfortable, full-time expectation set kind of job so nothing is actually going to change okay. on the air in front um the it's plan- actually like a plus it is a you. plus yes yeah because that my sequel course was like a side project for him when i exactly. understand i think he said on twitter that he's going to be like they're like acquiring that course basically so that's going to become part of his job right so now he gets paid to build a course he was trying to build on nights and weekends in addition in addition to hammerstone and everything else he was doing where does he get the energy dude like no one knows. Part-time job, consulting, building a course, building a business. Oh, and by the way, has like twins. Like, Yeah, no idea. You're amazing. And right? the other thing I want to say about that is it has always been our plan for me to spend more time on the business more quickly. I have always been the one who wanted to go full-time first. So that was always our plan. We have enough runway that once we get past this October deadline, I should be able to go mostly full-time for a couple months and we'll see where we are. But that was always our plan. So it doesn't really change anything. It's actually a net positive because he'll have more time. Okay. I mean, and I guess that kind of makes sense, right? Like even just, I mean, it's a, our international listeners are not going to get it, but like, you know, from an American perspective, right? Your husband's in the military, your health insurance is secured. You've at least got one sort of quote unquote guaranteed income in the family, right? So you've kind of got you've got a little bit of space to go full-time sooner because at least those kind of like core stability elements are sort of covered versus you know I guess I understand from Aaron's perspective I think his wife is a stay-at-home mom so that's correct yeah so like it makes sense that he would be the one who who would need to be full-time for longer until basically Hammerstone can pay his salary and his health insurance health insurance is is a big deal a long way (laughs) off I mean it took us five years to get to that point yes exactly um health insurance is a big deal he is the sole income earner in his family so i think this is having the i don't want to say guaranteed because it's a job like nothing's ever guaranteed yeah having the the more comfortable setup where health insurance comes with your job which comes with expectation of a 40-hour work week which comes with a salary when you're supporting four people is great yeah that's important. It's, you know, it's funny because I was I was thinking about the concept of unfair advantages in business and things I get annoyed with. And what you said is really what you just said is interesting because I listen to a lot of bootstrapper podcasts and all of them except ours is two men. And I think 90 percent of these men have wives who stay home with their kids. So they talk about their days and they talk about how they get up at 5 a.m. to work or they work till midnight or they can work right till seven o'clock and then they just come downstairs when they're called for dinner. And I get really frustrated because I'm like, I have to cook dinner in my family. Like I have to be done at five so I can go downstairs and cook dinner. And sometimes I get I get um, just kind of annoyed at people who don't seem to appreciate 
that the reason they're able to grind or get in the flow state or work so hard is because they have a spouse who is doing all of the mental overhead of managing their super happy family and cooking for them and probably doing their laundry and et cetera, et cetera. However, and that's all true. <laughs> Sometimes that is really annoying. But on the other, on the flip side of that, my situation is great because I have a spouse who has a full-time job with healthcare. So the flip side of that is I do have a lot of freedom and a flexibility just in a different way to explore unique career possibilities. Like we've been talking about my husband getting out of the Navy and he was like, well, I can't join a startup if you're trying to build a startup because then no one has a guaranteed income. No one has health insurance. So yeah. Um, so anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is things that had annoyed me in the past still kind of annoy me a little bit, but I have my own unfair advantage and my unfair advantage is I don't need health care and I'm more flexible on income. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, thinking about Matias and I, like it's always been important to us that we have an equal split at home, which yeah. is, is not always the case. Like it's important to us that like, we're both cooking. We're both cleaning. Like, we were both waking up for nighttime feedings when our daughter was a baby, right? Like, we're both working on Geocodio at night together, or we're trading off on the weekends, like, to give each other time on it. Like, that sense of equality and, and partnership, I guess, has is, is always been really important to us. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's different models of running your family. And I think when you become an entrepreneur, I think it's important. And, and, and you're talking about being an entrepreneur. I think it's important to state those other factors that you have going on in your life, because I'm sure, you know, all of these, honestly, all of them are guys with, you know, stay at home wives taking care of everything. I'm, I'm sure they appreciate and love their wives and their wives have chosen that. And many feel it's a vocation and but we just have to sort of state like, OK, what, what are those, you know, basically privileges that you're working with that other people like may not be able to replicate. Right. Like exactly. You know, I certainly can't just work until seven o'clock and then and then show up for dinner. Right. But although so that's just how we've chosen to structure our family as well. Right. And I don't know. That's important, I think. Yeah. And, and to structure, I think that the, the thing about building your own business is you can structure it around what you need. And so if what Aaron needs right now is health insurance and a nine to five and actually, a you know, sounds like a pretty supportive, great nine to five that actually lets him do uh, some of his passion projects. Like the man is so passionate about sequel. God bless him. And like that, that like that's what he needs right now. And it's OK that you're not, you know, yeah, let's go out, like raise two hundred million dollars in funding or whatever and you know you wouldn't jump to that but like because that's what his life needs right now and your life can actually accommodate uh, yeah a bit of a little bit of risk at the moment yeah it feels good I think I think it's going to be really good okay I just had a thought have you ever met Aaron yeah okay I wasn't sure if you I know you're you guys are speaking at that conference next month but I was like have you ever met him we were at a founder retreat together uh in DC you met him in DC yeah, like three or four years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, we're also speaking at a conference together in Belgium, and then I think I'm seeing him again at a conference in November. So uh, I get to meet his wife for the first time, though, in Belgium, so that'll be fun. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think yeah. different people need different things. And to your point, when you're trying to build a business, you have to build that into the life you want and, and where you are in life. And I think one of the things we've always tried to do with this podcast is be more realistic, right? Like be like, okay, we have families and lives and here are the things that we need. And so I think it's good all around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's, a, there's always things that people have to work around. Yeah. I think I'm getting a little rambly. I think I'm a little tired. <laughs> you, six meetings are catching up <laughs> with me, so- I think. <laughs> Like, I actually I did have a very productive day, though. I will say that. I might okay. be a little bit rambly and scattered and exhausted, though I've, I have just kind of accepted exhausted as just going to be my permanent state of being for the next few months. Um, but we actually did make a lot of progress on the, the sales tax stuff. Tell me. And uh, I don't know. You might fall asleep again. I will try uh, very hard not to. I have my coffee right <laughs> here. I'll just start sipping it when you say okay, Nexus. Good. Emergency coffee. <laughs> Yeah, no, we actually had a really productive day around it. And yeah, just dealing with all these little things around 
collecting billing or shipping addresses or uh, collecting sales tax exemption certificates. And, and we, we got our registrations set up for the states we need to, which is good. There's still some stuff to figure out, but like, like it's moving. And like, actually like today, you know, so we, so we got some changes out that are moving towards that direction for collecting sales tax. And, uh, we were also whiteboarding out something else around dealing with failed payments, which is something we talked about a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah, I'm tired. And like, thinking about billing just makes my brain hurt and kind of <laughs> makes me cranky like because it's both really complicated really boring but also like super important and you can't get it wrong like yes. so it's very both very high stakes and mentally draining at the same time yeah so it's not fun work but then I look back and I'm like hey, like, we shipped a bunch of stuff today and we were, like, whiteboarding this thing out that we've been talking about and annoyed about and whatever, like, for months. Like, we actually, like, got on a whiteboard and, like, worked together on something. And, oh, I actually enjoy that, even if I didn't necessarily enjoy the subject matter of it. But it's, like, a relief to, like, hey, like, oh, we're finally doing that. And so I think with my schedule so compressed, and we've talked a little bit about how it's easy to just kind of fall into doing the things that are um you know just in my inbox and sort of screaming at me to yes. do them right to have a little bit of like product time and getting to sketch something out and getting things out and you know not feeling like we're just working on I guess operations or like overhead stuff but actually stuff that really directly touches the customers like I'm tired but it feels like things are moving you know, we actually, we started our SOC 2 audit this week. Like, the, so that's, that's, that was the big deadline we were driving towards. So that's done. So, I mean, it's not done, but like it's, there's like a, that's a 90 day thing. So that's kicked off now. And our goal was to complete that by the end of 2022. So we will have that audit complete by the end of 2022. Now I'm rambling. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like, oh, okay. Things are like things are happening I'm not just like sort of swatting at the flies that are you know buzzing around my head but actually getting to do some things I've been thinking about for a long time and have wanted to do that's awesome that sounds great Michelle and over the course of just one week since I talked to you last you were like I don't know I have all this these thoughts and now you're on the path to greatness I love it yeah I think I just had a lot in my head because I was also thinking about you know we needed to do a tabletop incident response uh exercise for SOC 2 and like it's like that was taking up a lot of mental real estate too and and my brain was just swimming like and I think it just kind of you know I don't do GTD anymore you know the getting things done framework, which is very like it's very useful it's a very good framework I don't use it anymore just because I forgot about it I guess (laughs) um (laughs) I think I like changed laptops and I just forgot to install OmniFocus and then I just stopped doing it even though it was working like it's just like not a good reason um but like that idea that you know every thought in your head you either need to do it delay it or delegate it delegate it yes <laughs> I just delegated <laughs> but that last one was you um but you know there's this idea that like you know thoughts swimming around in your head like it's you know, mental clutter right like it's totally agree even if it's not like covered in dust or whatever like it's still just it's just stressful to walk into a house that's messy with you know laundry baskets all over the place <laughs> to waiting to be put away and dishes to be done right like and it's kind of been like walking into my head and it's just full of laundry waiting to be put away yeah no I totally so. get that yeah so yeah stuff is stuff is happening and actually yeah. I realized I think I need to start I I, I so when, when I tend to like write something or prepare something I tend to like completely write it in my head before I actually get it down on paper so if I'm doing a presentation like I will have the whole thing mapped out in my head before I sit down to do it okay but I think I actually need to force myself to start working on my powerpoint for or it's not actually a powerpoint I'm making google slides but whatever my slides for the conference for, for yeah for Belgium because I'm doing I'm doing a workshop and I'm doing a talk okay and you know I don't want to just give the same talk every time right and so I think I actually need to force myself to sit down because it's been it's been marinating in my head okay but with you know the the way my brain is going lately with all the amount of stuff going in like 
inevitably that piece of meat is like going to get forgotten about and like rot you know so can't marinate for too long did i take that analogy too far a little bit a little bit i think it did we'll pull pull those back um you know so so i so here's actually i i kind of wanted your thoughts on this so of course it's going to be on like empathy customer research et cetera et cetera it's going to use my my new sort of tagline of before you deploy code deploy empathy like people seem to really like that but i need to talk about what empathy isn't okay because i think people sometimes hear using empathy and they think like being nice to people basically right right? like and it's you can actually be empathetic towards someone and not be kind to them at all right like because empathy is just understanding their process and their perspective and what they're doing and why. Mm-hmm. And you can use that towards either nefarious ends. You can use that to charge the absolute highest possible price out of them as possible, right? Like if you understand your competitive advantage and that they're locked in, a lot of companies are good at this. A lot of good businesses are good at that. They're using empathy, but it's not necessarily being expressed in kindness. And I think I need to do that a little bit because I think people tune out sometimes when they hear empathy and they think it's just about being kind or nice to people like it kind of, actually i was thinking about this the other day and i wonder your perspective on it so did you hear about or did you read about that thing it was on twitter a while ago about east coast kind versus west coast nice have you no i have not okay so Tell it was like me. somebody tweeted basically that like like the east coast is kind but the west coast is nice And so the example is that, for example, let's say you're getting on the subway in Boston or New York or whatever, or you're getting off a a plane, and there's uh, a parent in front of you with a toddler, and they're struggling with a stroller. In New York or Boston, people will go over to that person, help them with the stroller, not say anything, like just help them with it, like get down the stairs or, or open it up or whatever. There's no expectation of being thanked. Maybe you're thanked, but like they're like you're not they're not going to you're not going to talk about it. It's almost like I'm going to do this thing for you and it's but and I'm going to be a good person, but we're never going to speak of this ever again. Like it's okay. kind of like aggressively friendly almost in a okay. way versus the and this this is this tweet author's perspective sure. that a lot of people agreed with on thread that by contrasting California, someone would look at them and say, "Oh, that's really tough," but then not actually do anything to help them. Okay. And so it's like this different, and I don't know how, I'm actually kind of curious whether you have experienced this sort of nice versus kindness thing. I have, I have not. I find my experience to be exactly opposite. But anyway, let's get to the point. Really? Oh, dude. One time I was in the Boston airport with three little kids and I must've had five bags. I had shown up by myself and we had to get on the bus to get a rental car and I'm with my mom, right? So you have two women, three little kids. We must've had five bags. And you have to get on the rental car shuttle and literally no one helped us. And we, it was like, it was awful. Like we had so much stuff. I mean, we had, they were, kids were little. This was several years ago, like five or six years ago. No one helped us. I will never forget that. That has never happened to me before. Oh my God. It was awful. Well, there you have it, people. (laughs) Not everything you read on the internet is true. But anyway, (laughs) this is a side note. So like, for example, I feel like the the example of this is like QuickBooks, right? Like they understand- That it's a pain in the butt to switch accounting systems, right? That you've got your accountant in there, your accountant used QuickBooks, like to switch over to zero or anything else is a huge pain in the butt. So, you know, they keep raising my prices every year, Yep. even though the product is exactly the same. And they know that it's annoying enough to switch that I won't do that because they understand my process. Right. And they understand my process because they use empathy. Right. And they're not necessarily being nice. Right. They're definitely right? not being nice. Yeah. Exactly. And so you can use empathy and not be nice to people. So I'm not necessarily, I don't know if I want to like. How does this tie 100% back? 100% endorse that. Like the way I make peace with it with QuickBooks is that I own stock in Intuit, their parent company. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, fine, if you're going to do this, people, you know what? Honestly, you get business. I'm going to buy stock in you. So um, that's my like question for you. I do the same thing with Roblox. How but, does this um... how does this go back to your talk? Like what 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 are we talking about? I feel like sometimes when I talk about empathy, people think it's just all about being nice to people and I get a little bit of like an eye roll almost. I yeah. guess it's for the skeptics in the audience, right? Cuz there's people who are so excited to hear somebody talking about empathy. Like I cannot discount, you know, to use my own frameworks on this, right? Like the happy customers of my talks on empathy are so happy that it's being talked about 
in a tech conference. Like they're so yeah, happy but somebody's then- talking about it. Somebody's talking about using it in software. And then there's people on the f- uh, who aren't familiar with it but are like very open to the idea. But if there's a good amount of the audience that's like, why should I care about this? Yes. And so I feel like that's the like, here is why you care. Not necessarily because you're going to use empathy to be nice to people, but because it's going to save you from writing a bunch of code that nobody's ever going to use because actually, like, you need to understand the problem better and maybe they didn't explain it to you very well. And so you need to have the resources to use empathy to pull that out of your stakeholders, your clients, your internal customers, your actual customers, whoever those people are. And I think also that to, to that, the workshop and the talk are going to be more focused on internal customers, stakeholders, clients, because I found that the ones I was at in June that most developers, like unless they're founders, they have no access to customers. Maybe sometimes they're put up in front of clients to present a project if they're in a, in a client-based environment. But more often not, they have internal stakeholders that they're working with. Right. And and but that's just as much of a challenge if you're if you're, you know, receiving a list of specs from your product owner and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I guess I'll just build this. Right. Like, how do you actually figure out from them? Because hopefully they have done the research or they have access to the research or they have access to the people who've done the research. Um, to figure out what something needs to be so that because I feel like we've all been in those situations where you end up building something and then it turns out it wasn't quite right and then you have to go back and like redo it and like there's just all this wasted time wasted energy like something was supposed to be shipped six months ago is like still back in development because something you know somebody forgot something and like that just sucks and I don't want people to have to go through that and so I think that they can use customer research techniques on internal people or, or clients so that they don't have to go through that so I need to I need to rework my my stuff a little bit I think you need something about not these words but conceptually like how to use empathy to get what you want and but because right. you're using empathy they also get what they want so everybody wins yes and it's also and I, I always I feel like this always feels like a tangent but it's so important also using empathy for yourself right like that empathy does not mean sacrificing yourself at the altar of other people right it doesn't mean letting them run over you right it it, like you have to have empathy for yourself and recognize okay why am I doing what I'm doing what I'm doing is valid and this other person is is trying to take advantage of me they're trying to just you know they're not being kind to me and like it's okay to like recognize that in yourself and have boundaries right we can't talk about empathy without talking about boundaries okay so I'm one of those people that would be eye-rolly. You know that, right? Okay. So if I didn't know you, I'd be like, here's a woman talking about empathy. Why? Like, who cares? I want my business to be successful. Like, so I'm one of those people. So I really think like leaning in a little bit, because then you said boundaries. Now I'm really rolling my eyes because that's such a buzzword right now. Boundaries, empathy, gag me. Oh, but they're so important. (laughs) I'm sure they are. But no, this is good. We're talking about I think about you it. also naturally have boundaries, so you don't I care so about too. them. Like, I think you were you were raised to have boundaries, and that was encouraged. And for a lot of people, uh, it does not come naturally to them. I, I and think they need to be told that they're allowed to have them. I'm, I'm sure that's true. But this is great that we're having this conversation, because I am definitely the person that would be like, whatever, this is Today stupid. we learn. <laughs> Colleen is rolling her eyes at me for the past 18 months. If I didn't. Um, (laughs) So I. No, but that's good, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's good. So I think, but I think when you use this term empathy, you're right. The, especially some people will have read your book. Some people won't, but the immediate association is, oh, that means I have to be nice to people and let them walk all over me. So I think stories you could tell, not that you have to, but these kinds of stories your negotiation, like when you talk about doing enterprise negotiation, you've talked to me privately about how sometimes how those have gone and how you are able to get such a higher price point for your product because you negotiate with empathy. Yeah. That's huge. That's what I want to know. How do I make money? And like, how am I, how can I be successful? So these lessons you're trying to teach me, what is a really practical way this is going to Make me money. Save me money. I think your don't write the wrong feature thing you said a little bit ago is a good one too. So any kind of like case studies you have in your own work where, hey, we were going to do this thing and then we deployed empathy (laughs) before we deployed code 
And then we didn't have to do the thing. <laughs> and we saved $100,000. Yeah, I think it's hard for me to, to – it's hard to, like, parse that out, though, because yeah. it's such a part and parcel of what we do. Yeah. That it's, like, pretty often we're, you know, if we're standing at the whiteboard together and we're like, oh, should we do this? Should we do that? No, we should do this. No, and here's why. And then, like, we're both really, like, digging our heels in on something. It's like, wait a minute. If we're not in agreement about this, it means that we don't understand this problem fully enough and we need to get out and talk to people, look at some data, like, really understand this. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only time when we, like, consciously sort of, quote, unquote, deploy it. And I don't th- know if that's relevant to, to most situations. It's it's more like like using that as part of the process of what is this other person trying to get done and how does that relate to what I am trying to get done and how can we find something that helps both of us more and it's not I mean yeah I don't want to get too much into negotiation but it's right. also like it's not splitting the pie it's making it better for everybody yeah I mean yeah because I feel like the, the thing so the, the the problem I have with that little tagline of before you deploy code deploy empathy it's like preachy a little bit and I kind of don't like that okay because it's it's prescriptive right like it, it sounds like a you know thought leader fortune cookie yes it which does. I think is maybe why it does well on Twitter but also I'm kind of I like cringe at it a little bit myself but I also like I feel very conflicted about it okay but yeah I think I think there needs to be this like empathy doesn't it, it does not equal being nice you should still be nice to people. Oh, that you should, should be still a slide. Be kind to people. That should be a slide. Empathy does not empathy equal being nice. Equal with an X in the middle. Not equal. <laughs> nice. nice. Okay. There's one of your but slides. But like, you can still be nice. Yeah. You can still be kind to people. You can still make a lot of money, or you can still make you know great products, or or ship good things for your clients, or whatever. Use empathy and do it more efficiently. I think that's the point. Is yes. Empathy can can help get you to efficiency. I think that's the slides. Empathy. Yes. Not equal sign. I'm drawing it in the air for <laughs> everybody out there walking their dog listening to this. Just draw it in the air with me. Okay. Empathy does not equal nice. Yeah. But empathy arrow increase efficiency. Something like, like that. Like a little like upwards chart, chart thing. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's basically it'll save you wasted time and energy and money. And so you've basically been thinking about your 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 conception of what empathy is might not be complete yes i like that i think that's good because i see that so now i'm in your audience that's like an early slide and then i'm interested because in my head empathy is always that to me that's the same thing as sympathy it means being nice to someone so i see that and i i immediately go oh she's going to talk about something else okay let's do it yeah right that's you're going to you're going to see a talk about empathy and you're going to expect someone to get up there and be like let's talk about I know and so you have to understand exactly exactly yeah. and I have a like kind of a, yeah. a a personal vendetta about women giving the soft skills talks because at the conferences the rails comps mm. and the ruby comps it feels like women are always giving soft skill talks and I hate that so not that I don't like soft skill talks I love them I just feel like mm. they kind of fall on gender roles a little bit so that's, that's why how conferences get their diversity quota of speakers up which is very nice that they're hate thinking about it yeah but it's like the women are talking about that stuff and so you talking about empathy to me slots into one of those so that's why Mm. if you lead with something strong like it's not about being nice not about being nice (laughs) now I'm interested yeah okay right it can't it can't be a I can't be a female giving a a stereotypically female talk which is a talk on being nice to people right exactly that's what I was trying to get yeah exactly oh this is gonna be so great I I can't wait to see it <laughs> oh good. I'm glad you went from rolling your eyes to I totally to being did. excited about it. Yeah, you totally changed my mind in ten minutes. Well, I've got thirty minutes to talk about this and then a three hour workshop. Wow. So it's awesome. I gotta gotta keep their attention. No, I I feel really good about the, the workshop good. too. Like I just kinda have to rework my scripts a little bit um for it, but that's not like I've given so many like two, three hour workshops on this before. Yeah, you've I feel done like this. That's, I feel times. like that's actually kind of the ideal amount of time for that's basically the length of a meetup. Yeah. So I feel like that will be good. But yeah, actually I need to get cracking on that because that's in like two Don't say two weeks. Not in two weeks. Two-ish. We've got like four weeks. Two-ish. Three weeks? No. <laughs> no, it's first week of October. Oh, I'm October sixth. Yes. Yeah, so it's coming up. Yeah. Okay. Empathy oh, does shoot. not mean you're right. We only have three white. weeks, two and a half weeks. Oh, because oh. you're giving a talk in three weeks too. Wait, I have you started that one? Yeah, I have. I've started okay. it. 
So you're so ahead of the game. Like I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. Do you know? Do you know? So in high school, like I told you, how I like I sit on an idea until I'm ready to write about it, and I'm better about this than I used to be. But when I was in high school, whenever I had a paper due, I would wake up at 2 a.m. the day the paper was due, and then write furiously for four no. hours. No, are you serious? But I would. The, the thing is, is like I would be walking around for like a week in advance, like thinking writing the it. thing in my head, wow. and so. By the time I, like, I needed that, like, adrenaline rush to be able to actually get down and and push through it and write it. Thankfully, I broke that habit in college because I realized that was just not going to work. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I just can't do that anymore. But now I think, I, I feel like I, I haven't f- fallen too far back into it. Like, I usually, I, I always have my slides done before I leave. Yeah. I might revise them on the way, but, like, I actually, I, I need to, like, force myself to be like okay I'm gonna sit down even though I don't feel ready even though this idea is not done marinating it's not done baked whatever cooking and baking analogies I'm gonna use to get this through yeah right like you know need to kind of start on it before it feels like quote-unquote like ready in my head but this was this little workshopping was good good and then maybe I need to share those slides with you next week yeah but yours is going along are you just like chipping out away at like, like, you know, one slide a day and not one slide a day. I mean, I think the same thing you were talking about having so many meetings today I have found is I have more people working for me and now customers using the product, just so many more demands on my time. It's mm. really hard to get like focused, dedicated work. And for my contractors, I do not want to be the blocker for them. Right. But we have a product that is such that I have to understand every piece of the product, right? We're not like a big company where I can just say, you go own this thing and you fix it. And I don't really need to understand what it does. Because of the nature of our product and our business, I have to review every single PR. I have to have full understanding of literally every piece, front, back end of refined rails. And there's nothing, that's great. But managing them and the client and selling the product and trying to build a talk has been a little crazy this week. So um, I have a yeah. hard time finding those like dedicated blocks that's of time. That's a lot of demands on your time. And plus you didn't have a full week last week either because school was I think canceled that's for part what, two of days like, last yeah, week? Two days. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why this week has been crazy. Like this week has felt, I think I said at the top of the hour, like felt like running a marathon at a sprint. And I think that's why, because I lost two days last week. And, you know, I'm doing multiple jobs, which is a thing that I do, but yeah, it's been crazy. So I'm trying to get that dedicated time. So I blocked out, you know, it's usually like Friday afternoons or like a lame time uh, when most people are not working <laughs> where I'm like, all right, now I'm going to spend a couple hours and start thinking this out. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going well. When I build talks, I like to write them out as I'm thinking about them. So very different from your process. But I have to be in like that creative space to do it. And if people are asking me questions or I have all this like background processing of work, then it's hard to get in that creative space. Yeah. You know, it makes sense that Fridays are your focused work time because like the East Coast is already logged off at that point. I I mean, Europe is, is offline. Asia is offline. Like, right. You're the, only, you're the only one left in the virtual office, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when we went out of town two weeks ago, I almost, we were joking, but only half joking. I almost stayed an extra day out of town just to have complete, I don't know, quiet or alone time because getting in a creative space, like all of my life responsibilities impede on my ability to do that. Does that make sense? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Does it make sense? Right. Like my schedule... I mean, to what we were talking about, right? Like, yeah. I didn't have, like, family obligations and life obligations. Like, hell, if I didn't have to, like, eat and shower, right? <laughs> like, I could get so much done. Um, <laughs> you know? Like, totally. <laughs> so what happens to me is it's, like, Fridays feel more freeing. But, like, I, I keep a pretty tight schedule because – so it's hard for me. Like, what I would love to do, honestly, to do 8 p.m., give myself a cup of coffee and be like, I'm just going to work. I'm just going to, there's no one around. I'm just going to work until I don't want to anymore. But I can't do that because if I drink coffee at night, it's going to impact my sleep. I have to get up at 6 a.m. so I can hit my 6.30 workout class. So, you know, like it's all these things that cascade. Even if I skip my 6.30 workout class, 
I can't sleep in. Your kids are going to be up at six anyway. Yeah. I mean, I physically cannot <laughs> sleep in. Like, it is impossible. So then no, I know yeah. if I stay up till Ugh, midnight, the truth. 2 a.m., I'm going to be up at 6 a.m. anyway. Then it's going to ruin my next day. So it's just like. <laughs> you know, I miss my Mondays. Like, I have uh, language school on, on yeah. Mondays. Yeah. And um, I miss my Mondays because I can get so much done like like on especially like on a like on a monday morning you know i can just clear out my inbox and then nothing's gonna come in until at least three o'clock our time but even then like mondays are generally a little bit slower for a lot of companies too and so they're actually like it's just really nice quiet time and i don't feel stressed to try to get too much done either because i i just know it's gonna be a quieter day like Versus, I mean, when I actually sign off at the end of the day, it's like just when everything is ramping up. And especially I think Friday afternoons are stressful for me because, you know, to what we're talking about time zones, like California is not logging off until. Right. Uh, wait, what is what is something plus nine? 3 a.m. my time yeah. on Friday on Saturday morning. And so like. But I like to just knock things out, you know, on like I would rather just like knock things out if they're easy on the weekend. And so very often Monday is really, really quiet for me. And I have been robbed of that. Yeah. Um, so, man. Yeah. If we didn't have like a life to live, we could work so much. Right. <laughs> Isn't this the this is the like company town dream. Right. Where, you know, people just work 80 hours a week. It's why Google has like snack bars I was just and thinking about and, and bicycles daycare. and like literally like every single need in Everything your life you is taken care of so that you can work 80 hours a week yeah we don't because you don't have a life so I was okay so on Tuesday I had a technical call with a friend of mine I don't actually know him that well but we're getting to know each other better and it was a technical an acquaintance an acquaintance no we'll say friend yeah. um okay but it was interesting so we're on this call and on Tuesday this week I was particularly amped up because I had done the onboarding call on Monday it went good but it like it was not a slam dunk and like I had all this stuff coming in and the client has this Friday deadline like tomorrow Friday for some stuff that is on my shoulders doesn't matter there was a lot going on and I get on this call with this guy and we're talking technical stuff and he listens to me vent a little bit and then I said I just have to figure out this one thing and then my stress is going to dissipate and he was like no He's like, what about, he's like, yeah, Colleen, but if you get this, so it was one thing with refined rails. There's this thing I'm going to do with refined rails. I'm really excited about. I'm not, uh, talk about like it's 45 minutes in, probably no one's listening anymore, but I don't want to talk about it yet because <laughs> we've been kind of rambly today. I don't want to talk about it yet, but I think it's going to be really, really cool and really going to help solidify the value prop. And I told him that, but it's a lot of work to get there. And he was like, yeah, but let's say you do get there. In six months, it's going to be something else. It's going to be, I need a Phoenix integration or I need a Livewire integration. He was like, it's not like you win and you're done. It's always something. It's always something. And it got me thinking like, and again, we don't have time to get into it today, but like, what is winning at life look like? That's okay. That's a big question. Right? Like, what does it look like? We do not have time for that. (laughs) To to win. I mean, to your point. Like, I got to eat dinner in 10 minutes. We do not have time for that. (laughs) So whenever, so I listen to all these bootstrap podcasts and whenever one of these guys who's doing, you know, or you multi-million dollar business (laughs) is talking about being stressed, I'm so confused because I'm like, no, dude, you have already made it. Like, you are not supposed to be stressed anymore. (laughs) it's supposed to be done yeah i mean there's but that's that's a it's a lie i I get it false perception no it's not a lie it's just a false perception that like when you get to whatever point whatever that is you will be happy or you will not be stressed like i think if you keep pushing off lack of stress or happiness or fulfillment or whatever that is until you achieve some future point you are never going to be happy you are never going to be without stress right like I I remember somebody saying this about parenting that's like you know you figure out the things now you will solve those but then there will be new problems like you know when they're eight months old you have to like get them to like eat real food right and you will eventually solve that problem but then four months later like they you know and but then your problem is like 
you have to carry them everywhere. Four months later, they learn to walk, but then it's like, oh, crap, like, now they're walking into stuff, and I have to, like, keep them from, you know, killing themselves, right? Like, and you solve that problem of them knowing how to walk, and then it's just, like, there's always a new problem to solve after you have solved the current problem, and I think to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about the job of an entrepreneur, the job of the entrepreneur is to solve those new problems as they come up, and you have to enjoy those problems, right? Like if like if you don't enjoy the fact that you've solved this one problem and then you're on to the next one, then it's it's you know, not the right job, right? But like if you if you if if you get satisfaction about it, right? Like I don't know if I quoted Miley Cyrus last time, but I'm going to <laughs> You did now, not, is... but now I want to know what you're going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. It's it's not that I'm drop, um, ju- jumping off a plane at LAX with dreams in my cardigan because I did that when I went to visit you in the spring. No, it's it's the climb. Oh right? uh, yeah, I, I there's always going to be another agree. mountain. Yeah. You're going to want to make it move, right? Like there's always going to be some other challenge. There's never going to be a point when you're not stressed. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, there's sure you shouldn't be like pulling your eyeballs out, right? Like I think I'm stressed right now not because of work. It's actually because of other stresses I have on my life, like that, you know, actually given my weird situation, like I, I like basically legally could not work part time, even if I could structure right. the business Even too. if you could structure the business that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then you always have the, the option of like walking away, which I guess you don't really have that option with, you know, parenting, right? I mean, I guess you do, but like, let's not talk about that. You know, it's. You, you can you can sell like I think about you know like Wildbit you know selling their their two key products to um, Active Campaign a couple months ago, and they were like we just we haven't had a proper vacation a proper break in you know twenty years and we need time to step away like you you always have that option yeah once you stop enjoying the the, the problems and the new stresses yeah I tend to think that I agree with you um, wholeheartedly and again. I'll wrap this up quickly, but um, you have to enjoy the adventure because your life, this is our life, right? Right now we're living it. But also I expect that people who like to do this, like they do it over and over. I expect to see Natalie and Chris, I think their names are from Wild Bit again. Like I expect yeah. them to start another business after they've taken like a year off um, because right. I, think I mean, we love Matt this. Wensing from Summit. Yeah. Right. We like, love this had work. A business before that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you, th- this is, you enjoy like that, that challenge of the work i mean i feel like the theme of this episode probably should be the the title of you know sprinting a marathon right like (laughs) i think we both kind of feel like that right now yeah and that's not sustainable and anybody who has run a marathon which is not me but my dad runs them your husband runs them i think right yeah i've run a marathon um 2006 it was a long time ago really Mm -hmm. yeah wow Right. Okay. So you've actually run a marathon. I have. So you can tell me that you you do not sprint a marathon. You do not. Like, it's not a thing. Like there is there is gonna be you know peaks and valleys. There's gonna be a heartbreak hill. You'll get over it. You know. All right. It's the climb. It's, <laughs> I can't believe you quoted Miley Cyrus. That's so ridiculous. She's probably Might be like on my a daughter's proper... playlist and my own playlist. So say Whatever. she's probably like a proper adult now. She's probably like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Wikipedia rabbit hole. I'll go down later. <laughs> okay. Let uh, us let us thank our sponsors. <laughs> Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. You can become a supporter for $10 a month or $100 a year at softwaresocial.dev backslash supporters. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Memo FM, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gamez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Century, Nate Ritter of Roomsteers, Steals, sorry Nate, Anna Mast of Subscribe Sense, Jeff Roberts from Outseta, Justin Jackson from Mega Maker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder. Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh, the annoyingly pragmatic founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Newsy Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, 
Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from OpalNet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from Recut. Thank you, everyone, for supporting the show. Thanks, everyone. Bye. We'll talk to you next week. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabel developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Conbini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.